podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's Radio City Talk, it's the Anfield Wrap, and I am John Gibbons, in for Neil Atkinson, who's away in Cyprus, and I'm joined by James Sutton, by Gareth Roberts, and by Craig Hannan. And we're going to be with you for the next hour or so. In part two, we'll be talking to Joe Mott, who's from the football fitness group, Man V Fat. And in part three, we're going to be looking at the Liverpool squad and looking at how that's shaping up at the moment in terms of the players we've got. And anyone who the room feels might be making a bit of a pitch for a first team action in pre-season going into next season. Um, first of all, um, I want to talk a little bit about footballers and football's reputations generally. Um, this is on the back of the... Um, the death of Bradley Lowry today at the age of seven. Obviously, uh, all our condolences at Radio City Talk and the Anfield Rap go out to Bradley and his family. Bradley was someone who captured the imagination of the whole country and I'm sure of beyond. And it's very sad news today. And it just got us thinking here about his relationship with Jermaine Defoe and his very natural, um, positive relationship with Jermaine Defoe, really. And a lot of people, Gareth, seem surprised that a footballer would show this human side and I think it just shows that we see footballers in a very negative light and we're often very cynical of things we do and, and sometimes surprised when, when footballers can can show these human emotions. They've got an image problem, haven't they, basically, footballers, I think, in general. Uh, I think, you know, the scene is rich young lads with the world at the feet, big cars, big houses, and, and, and the scene is sort of not caring and it's one of them where... I think that I think a lot of them might feel a little bit that they're in a situation where they can't win. So, you know, for instance, I know for a fact that loads of footballers do charity work and do things to help out the community and are very kind to people in various different ways. But they don't shout about it. They don't talk about it. They actively will say, listen, I don't want any publicity around this. And the reason being is that there's so many people out there who's cynical about it. So they could go and do these things and then there'll be someone somewhere who'll say, yeah, but why are you doing it though? You just want good PR, don't you? Yeah. And you're not doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, it, it, it can make it life very difficult when you're on this pedestal, really, that, you know, you know, people analyse every single thing you do, really. Um, as I say, I mean, you know, people I know, I, I, there's someone, I'm not going to give names away because literally what I explained a moment ago, yeah. but I mean, you know, someone I know that the, the, the father was passing, well, you know, on his, on his deathbed, essentially, and, uh, you know, there's people at Liverpool who are getting in touch and saying, you know, we know he's a big Liverpool fan. Would it help if, if, if we came and saw him and, and had a chat and, you know, that sort of thing? And like I say, you know, they are, <laughs> surprise, surprise, they are humans. And I think like any walk of life, there will be nice people, there will be not so nice people, there will be people in between. Um, and the problem is that there's like this blanket sort of idea about what footballers are like. And, you know, like I say, all the... All the ideas of excess money and buying big cars and being flash and all this sort of thing. I think I don't think sort of the tabloid newspaper culture helps. I think uh, obviously you're only ever going to hear about a lot of the bad things that go on, and they're the things that will stick in people's heads, and that helps to set this image. I also think as well, to be honest, that you know media training doesn't help. Um, I, I think I think if footballers were allowed to show their personalities a little bit more, that would actually help how people perceive them. But because they all say the same things, like the old, you know, you'll score a fantastic goal and they'll be saying, yeah, but it's not about that. It's about the team and all this. And it's like, you know, because someone somewhere sat them down and said, that's what you should say. 
just say it was an absolute belter that wasn't it <laughs> see that I'm good aren't I yeah. or whatever you know what I mean show some show your human side so yeah I, I, that's what I would say I would say almost from a PR perspective that it's hard for them to get yeah. the right balance in terms of wanting to help out but then having a load of people saying you're doing it for the wrong reason yeah and, that, and that's frustrating for me James because if, if a footballer gets asked to go to a charity event and goes then he's doing a good thing or he or she's doing a good thing and the, but the event are going to want pictures of it because that's the whole point. <laughs> the whole point of inviting, say, Stephen Gerrard to a charity event is if he turns up, you get pictures, it gets widely circulated and it does more attention for the charity. But then he's then accused, oh, you're just trying to get your face on the paper. And it's like, you, you can't win, can you? It's, it's Yeah, it's a, it's a lose-lose situation for the for the player or for the, you know, the artist or whoever it is involved. Um, but I'm sure, you know, 99% of the time, if you spoke to one of these players... They, they they wouldn't but they wouldn't be bothered because they're doing it like you know like Gareth yeah. was saying they're doing it because they're human and because they care or because a certain charity might appeal to them they might have some something in common with it and they're doing it because they genuinely care or because you know like like with Alder Hay Hospital you know you get you get an awful lot of local celebrities footballs they go in there they're not going there because of you know X Y and Z they're going there because they genuinely care. You know, there's an awful lot that goes on behind the scenes that, that, that we don't hear about. And that's, you know, and that's, that, that's, that's, that's the real reason. I, I, I don't think anyone, any of them would, would care how, you know, how they're perceived. Certainly not in, you know, like you say, in, in the media, you know, multi-million pound footballer goes to small charity gig. Well, why, why is how much he earns important? Yeah. That's, that, and, that's, and that's the kind of world that they're dealing with. But they're, you know, they're used to it. They are. I mean, Gareth made the point there, Craig, um, about footballers, you know, they should be coming across as more human and, and maybe they are media trained too much. And I agree with that. But the problem is there's thousands of people who want to trip them up. And there's lots of, there's industries who make money out of a picture with a footballer with a cigarette in the summer or things like mm-hmm. that, or or making a mistake or saying the wrong thing. And so the stakes are so high that you understand why footballers just, you know, get a bit robotic in public life because, you know, the, the alternative is very, very risky. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, and it, it goes back to the point where they they can't win because if they if they do, you know, they, they a, a lot of players have their own foundations. A lot of players have put their own names to the foundations because that helps it become successful, and people want to be involved. Then, um, but I, I think if you ask them, the majority of footballers would just like to do it in private, where they won't be, you know, people won't be able to level accusations at them like that. You see players like um, even when Stephen Naismith was playing for, uh, playing at Everton. Some of the community stuff he did, he, he, he supported local food banks. He, um, I think, he bought sorted, tickets for the unemployed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he sort of match tickets for the disadvantaged, and and he was doing that because he wanted the help. Now it just so happens that then the Liverpool Echo want to uh, report on that, and maybe the charity involved want to promote that. So it's not really their fault. Even even lately, if you look at the Greenfell um, disaster. You know some of the things that um, Ryan Bertman was doing. He was helping. Vol- he was um, saying he would volunteer. Um, who's the the Hector, Arsenal Hector right Bellerin. back? Bellerin, yeah, pledged uh, so many, uh, so much money for however number of minutes he played at yeah. Confederations Cup. So, at the end of the day, they're humans. They want to help for the right reasons, and uh, and they should be applauded for that. I guess I guess another aspect as well is that almost like it must be quite hard to be certainly. Certainly, say someone as big as you know Stephen Gerrard, for example. I mean, he's talked about it before, hasn't he? About one of the reasons he went to the US yeah. is that it, the yeah, to, he, he almost wanted to be no one for a bit. You know, he wanted to just be able to walk the streets and and everyone not sort of wanting a piece of him and wanting a picture and wanting an autograph and wanting, wanting a chat and that sort of thing. And I think he quite enjoyed that aspect of it, even if it you know it didn't quite go to plan in terms of on the pitch. 
So, so, so there's that, there's that side of it as well. I mean, that that must sort of cross the minds, and that, and that, that's probably one of the reasons why they're saying, you know, listen, I'll do, I'll do this, and I'll, I'm prepared to help, but you know, I don't want, I don't want a big fuss about it. I mean, fairly recently as well, there was uh, Van Alden as well, wasn't he? Bought that lad a yeah. pair of trainees or whatever, or footy boots footy or whatever boots, they were. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he just fancied doing it. Yeah. You know, just thought, this is a nice thing I want to do. And then that turns into a story, though. Yeah. And it's probably like, well, I didn't really want it to be a story. It's just, just sort of nice I wanted yeah. to do. It's but a then, nice fella. Craig's best mate. But, it, yes, and, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then bizarrely, it almost sort of feeds the, you know, the troll side of, of yeah. it, if you like, because they'll see it and, and they'll be cynical about it and they'll share it, go, look at this fella. You know, he's not even that good and he's just buying this kid a pair of trainees so people like him in Liverpool type of thing. And it's like, you know, when they're all online now as well, and, and, and so they're quite close in that respect. And this is another thing we've talked about before. And, you, you know, you read, like, I don't know, you, you look when Daniel Sturridge puts up a picture on Instagram, look at the comments underneath. Yeah. And it's like, he's got a phone. He's, he's literally put yeah. that picture up. He's seeing them. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't care, like, how, how hard or tough or whatever else he is. It must get to you, that. Mm. It must be times where you just feel, like, lashing out or hitting back or or just deleting it all. And or just go- showing yourself away from society. Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. T- we're telling footballers to be more approachable. We're telling footballers, oh, you've got to connect with people. Oh, they don't connect with people anymore. Well, I mean, I'd say that Daniel Sturridge, as an example, his experience of dealing with people, a lot of it will be negative. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to tell Daniel Sturridge that God doesn't exist if you're listening <laughs> and that is you. Just stop it. You know, but there's a lot of people kind of doing that on 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 social media, and that that does become like a negative thing, James. When we're talking about footballers need to be more approachable, or you need to go out and speak to people more. Well, maybe we need to be a bit sounder first. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, it's a mixture of both. I mean, you've got to, you know, if you're in the public eye, you know, you've got to have thick skin. Yeah, you, you just you just have or come off social media and don't do don't do interviews. Be you know, be the media trained robot. If you want to, if you want to do it the other way and you want to be approachable and you want to do nice things and you want to have Instagram and you want to have a connection and you know Daniel Sturridge does this thing with uh, with his with his music yeah. where he gets people to you know people tweeting songs and, and stuff for him and he plays them in his little car and he you know he dances around <laughs> and stuff it's fun you know what I mean yeah, he's, yeah. he's connected with with people of a similar mindset who are into that type of music and that's wicked but if you if you want to do that you're gonna to have to take on, take it on the chin the trolls and the people that are going to say stuff, there's nothing you can do. You can't have it both ways. Daniel Sturridge is a really good case in point because a lot of what you hear, you hear things of what he's done that he, it's not been him that's promoted it. So like there was a story where he'd given a young Irish lad um, his signed jersey just because um, he'd met him in the walk out to his car and same with Jeannie Wijnaldum. It was an impulse thing. He just wanted to do a nice thing. He didn't promote it. He didn't take a picture of it and put it in his social media. It was exactly how Gareth said it was a um, you know it was a story but with Daniel Sturridge you hear so many times of him giving away tickets to I think an R for others one of the yeah, local yeah. charities in Liverpool yeah. things like that he's always doing that and it's yeah. not it's not him shouting about it he's just yeah. doing it because it's a nice thing to do yeah I wanted to talk about the idea of role models as well Gareth because I think the idea, footballers it's been decided it seems to be the footballers are role models and that comes with the territory and it comes with the money and he said well you're well paid and I kind of wonder you kind of your stance on that, or, or you know, all of all of us really in terms of well, does that come with the territory, or or should society be looking elsewhere for role models? You know, is it is it just because you go to football then you need to be a kind of certain member of society? I think um, I think the answer is probably both weirdly, and what I mean by that is I think it's always going to go on that they will be held up as as role models in some way. I mean, you know, think back to your own youth or whatever. I'm, I'm sure every one of us here, you know, had posters of a certain player on the wall or. It was, you know, they had a favourite player, you know, you ran around the garden doing commentary and you pretended to be 
John Barnes or yeah. whatever. And so, you, you know, to an extent, you are always going to put them on a pedestal because, you know, you're so passionate about the game and you see this fella who's absolutely brilliant at it. And so you just think, well, that fella's brilliant at absolutely everything. And I guess if you take the step back, what the brilliance are is playing football and in every other respect they're quite possibly just an ordinary person and and so you know don't put them on a on a pedestal for anything else other than their ability to play football but everyone wants or, or some people want ev- them to be good at everything to do this to do that to say this to say that not to do this never have a bevy never never eat the wrong thing and you know the, the whole point of this first part of the show really isn't it is is, is a, a thread we've talked about before is that you know, footballers are human. And I think a lot of people just, you know, will say, well, they're getting all this money and so that should make them happy. But it doesn't quite work that way. I mean, you know, look at Stephen Corker recently, you know, he's obviously been in a bad way for a long time and and he came out and did that interview, which, you know, was very brave to do. Um, But, you know, and I looked at reaction to that. And again, you know, and as James says, you know, you, you can expect trolls to come from somewhere about absolutely everything. But it's still sad. You know, it's still sad that that people can't have empathy for someone who's had a problem there, who's who's and it's affected his family and children and all the rest of it. You know, it it it, it it's just a sad thing, but it it's also society. So, you know, I, I'd like them not to be put on a pedestal, and I'd like them not to be considered role models. But I guess in many ways they're they're always going to be. And if you're the club and your advisors or your family and friends around them then I guess you've got a million and one voices telling you, you need to be this, you need to act like this, you need to not be seen drunk, and you need to not be seen. And it, it must get quite tiring at times. Yeah. It's, the, it's the young lads, that, it's the, the younger players that well, I feel a little it, bit sorry for. Because they're very young themselves. If you ask a 17-year-old to be a role model, you he's think probably things, still looking for role models himself. Exactly. You think of the things that you, you did at 17, between 17 and 20, <laughs> equal, exactly. And then give yourself millions of pounds. And what do you, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, it's completely unfair yeah. um, to just throw them into the limelight like that and expect them to be young lads' um, role models. It's it's yeah. I mean, I've look. I've got you know. I've got sort of limited experience of working with you know young people in the public eye. I've been on two pretty high profile TV shows, and a lot of the a lot of young actors that I've worked with, and it's and I've you know they've they've had this question thrown at them before. Uh, you know about being a role model and how does that work and how far does that go? And you're talking about you know it's very very similar to to young footballers. You know, kids of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, suddenly put up on a pedestal and. My feeling is this, is that you can only represent your club or the company you work for or your bosses or that industry. That's as far as you can go at that age. You can't be expected to be put on a pedestal and be a role model. You just can't. You do, that responsibility just doesn't exist, which is why you get robotic answers from foot, from young footballers in interviews, because they're terrified. They're absolutely terrified of putting a foot wrong because they know what, what, what will happen. You know, when, when Raheem Sterling was doing, you know, his, his, his laughing gas or, 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 you know, all that sort of stuff that, that you know, was in the media... He, there will have been a point where he will have thought to himself, "Now is this a, is this a good idea? Yeah, go on, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a balloon or whatever." He's, he's he's had that he's had that thought, but a lot of the reason is, in my experience, these kids, these I say kids, these young people need to be sat down, and someone needs to say to them, "Now listen, you are in a very privileged position. Okay, there's a lot of people that would kill for this job." Okay, so don't mess it up. This is your this is your chance. Don't mess it up and drum it home, man. And then you don't then you don't get these opportunities. You don't you don't you know they're not they're not you know fighting back on social media. They're letting it wash over them. They're getting on with the game. They're getting on with the football or they're you know they're acting whatever whatever your job is. 
you can't be expected to live up to the expectations of people on social media and and the media itself. You can't you can't live like that. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Hope you found that interesting. I certainly did. Uh, we'll be back after the break to talk about male health. So this is an insert, and it's also an advert uh, to to pre warn you. Um, <laughs> We've spoken a little bit on the Anfield app about looking for partnerships and things like that. Uh, it's because Gareth, because we're ambitious about what we want to do. And I think to, to kind of make that clear is that, you know, we want to grow, we want to grow as a company, we've got an office, we've got staff and things like that. But it's it's looking for ways of people who can help us kind of get to the next level as a business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we started from way back in 2011, we started it. And at, at that time, it was a hobby. It was something we were doing in our spare time. And it was something that, you know, we were, we were reaching to our own pockets to do. I mean, you know, from day one, we were hiring a studio at a par street that, that obviously incurred the cost. Um, hosting for the website, things like that, graphic design. There was, you know, setting up a company. All of that sort of brought with it some costs. And, you know, we've managed to thankfully build, build it up and up and up. And now we're in a situation where it's the full-time job, where we've got a staff of 11, where we've got an office, but, you know, all of these things in care costs. So, yeah, I mean, the other thing as well is that we want to keep, we want to keep, you know, tour player for as long as we can at £5 a month, yeah. don't we? And uh, everyone seems to think that's a fair price for the shows. It's a good price point. We've had people say to us on the subscribers group, by the way, oh, just put it up. Just, just just charge them a 10 in a month or 15 a month and all this. And it's like, what? And it's like, well, you might pay it, mate. Yeah. But, you know, we might never get another subscriber again. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we've been looking into ways, other ways that we can try and, you know, keep the business ticking along and hopefully last a long time and carry on putting out the shows. One of them, as you say, was look for partners, look for possible ways um, we could do advertising or whatever. And this is one of them. So this is one of them. So we host our free shows on Audio Boom and we asked them to find us some potential link-ups. We were very fussy. Uh, we gave them a very, very long list of kind of people we didn't want to deal with and organisations. We sent some stuff back. Uh, we sent some stuff back that was no good that they wanted, uh, someone wanted to sell to. We won't say what it was, but... Yeah, uh, but it looked but, like it was from the Johns. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Um, but then Harry's got in touch with us and Harry's is a, is a shaving company and they market themselves will be at a high quality shave at a better price. And so we said, well, look, send the gear and we'll all have a shave and see what it's like. So I had to go, Robbo had to go, uh, Emma, Emma, head of operations, had to go, but she bottled coming on talking about it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Rob, 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 Rob Cumming hasn't had the guy. Rob he's refused, got a, he's still got a beard. He's, he's still got a beard. Uh, and we we said sound because it's good. And I think that's that's sort of what we want to get across. Uh, I've got very sensitive skin and I cut easily. And it, and, it, and it did the business for me. And Gareth Roberts looks absolutely gorgeous today because you've had the shave. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was sounds. I mean, I, I don't want to... I don't know what you say about it. It's a razor, isn't it? But it's a razor. <laughs> But you, these are all buzzing up in here. It's like Chris Evans in here with about 20 people watching me when I'm trying to talk about it. It's a razor, right? It's got a little guard thing you put over the front, but it's got some nice shaving foam as well. And for all that, you can get it for, is it £2? Go on. £2.95. So it's £2.95. But the idea as well is that, like, it's a bit of a pain. I think it's a pain in the arse shaving. And 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 don't haven't done a lot of it traditionally. I have walked around with a bit of a semi-beard going on um but now i've had i've had to go with this and i know people have gone oh you look, you know you look younger Robo. so i think i'm gonna have to stick stick to the clean shaven look to be honest now that i'm 41 um but no it's it's all sound the gear's sound it's all nicely boxed the site's dead easy to use and as you say we got sent various stuff really that we looked at and we were like do you know what nah i I can't have an honest conversation about it this genuinely is decent good yeah um and the idea is that you sign up 
you say on it uh, how often how often you shave and they send you the gear and it's all nicely done and it's not dear um, and it's one of these things where you can sign up um, and then they'll, they'll, they'll keep sending you the stuff basically but it's based on how often you shave and um, we were a little bit wary about doing this I'll be honest with you because we were like we don't want to do something where people buy the pack for two pounds what was it two pounds? Two ninety five. Two ninety five. We don't want people to think, oh, well, I'll get that for two ninety five because that sounds sound. I'll get for that you get a razor and the shave foam and all that, and then sort of almost get feel like they're getting duped because they've signed up for something. With this, they they get in touch with you to say, unless you don't want it, you're going to be sent this now. And so I, I quite like the idea that they're upfront about that fact. You know what I mean? That they'll send you them. It's not it's not one of those. I'll get a free copy of such a magazine. And then you find out that you've signed up to like a two-year subscription. This is quite upfront, so there shouldn't be any, you know, any stuff that you don't want, really. Yeah. So it's a trial set. It's two ninety-five. It's normally eleven fifty for the set, but the trial set is two ninety-five, and you get a razor. It's got five precision engineer blades. That sounds exciting. Does yeah, uh, A rich lathering foaming shaving gel and a, a cover, and it does come. It comes in a, a tidy box as well. So it's American firm, isn't it? Yeah. And they, they're basically trying to now break into the UK. Yeah. And, so uh, no, no more semi ons for you guys. No more. Semi beards. No, I'm just gonna go. Uh, I'm just gonna go clean shaven now, Rob. I don't know who's my dad. Give Rob a microphone. Um, I know. Yeah. So Rob, it's so it's, <laughs> so it's two ninety-five. All you need to do is to go to harrys.com forward slash Anfield. That's harrys.com forward slash Anfield. You sign up for your free packet. It'll ask you what you want to in theory sign up for so we'll start asking for other stuff don't worry it doesn't charge you for them yet you just need to pick a package that you would sign up for and uh, you'll only be charged 295 you'll be sent the gear if you want to stick with them and you want to you know take you know add the idea that someone keeps sending you stuff then stick with it if not then you just cancel and it's all fine it's easy to do and as gareth says they will send you a reminder on that so it's not kind of oh you'll forget and you'll get sent and you can cancel at any time so that's harrys.com forward slash anfield and you will be helping results and you will be helping keep all the free stuff free so we will appreciate it as well i think we did all right there gareth i think we did all right i mean uh you know as you can probably tell we don't normally do this type of thing but, you know, we're having a go. The whole thing, Anfield Rap, tour player, podcast, charging for podcast, none of it's been done before. None of it's certainly been done before over in the UK. So it's all new to us. Bear with us. Don't give us too much stick on social media because it's normally <laughs> me who's reading it. Um, and yeah, have a go with Harry's and that. Okay, we'll be back with the Anfield Rap soon, but it's harrys.com forward slash Anfield to claim that. Cheers. It's the Anfield Wrap back on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, John Gibbons, and this is part two. And now joined by Joe Mott, who is here to represent Manby Faf Football. Um, we've done quite a bit on mental health recently, so we want to do a bit about physical health and how important that is and how, well, it's never never kind of too late or too old or too big in this case to get involved in physical activity and give it, give yourself you know a bit of a go of getting in shape. So Joe has come in to talk about Manby Faf Football. So first of all, Joe, welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, if you can tell us a little bit about more about the league and how you got involved and how it's grown. Yeah, no problems. Yeah, well, uh, I'm here from Manby Fat, and um, essentially it's a league that is here to allow for. Um, sorry, um, basically it's here for a league for men who want to lose weight and to feel better about themselves. Yeah. The main requirements for this, you have to be over BMI of 27.5. Okay, which, I'm, in, I'm in so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it, that's 20, uh, 20.4 million people. Uh, sorry, men, I should say, really, who are obese and overweight in the UK. That's seven out of ten men. So for, for me, it was an absolute no-brainer. And what this league does, essentially, is a five-side football. 
So you go to the um, you go to your league, you get weighed before you start playing, and if you've lost weight from the previous week, you get extra goals on your score at the end of the game. So if you can consistently lose weight and knock in a few goals at the right end, then you're on to a winner. And I know, I mean, you're you're here to advocate it, but also your your personal story, you're a you're a success story, you're a man be faff football success story you know you're a mere slipper man in front of us today <laughs> looking great but I know you've lost is it four stone doing it I've lost four stone yes that's from September of last year I was 17 stone bang on and now I'm 12 stone 12 pounds I mean what I kind of really liked about it Gareth when, when Joe got in touch was I think you know I've, I used to play football and I've kind of given up and one of the things that's stopping me going back is that I'm worried that everyone's going to be dead young and dead fit and mm. going to make a bit of a show of me so this is kind of a nice way of of encouraging people to get back in in a way that you think, well, we're all kind of in the boat together here. And if you're a bit slower than you used to be and maybe a bit bigger than you used to be, then, you know, it'll still be a standard of football that you can enjoy. Yeah, it's all about, I mean, you know, I'm, I've had several goes at trying to get fit in recent years and none of them are really working, if I'm honest. But loads of them, when you're weighing things up, are based on sort of self-confidence yeah. and, and how you're going to look and feel and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, not, not this particular thing, but I mean, for a long, long time, I always fancied like, having a bit of a go in a boxing gym, but I just thought, well, you know, I'm a fourth, I'm now 41. Imagine I just rock up to a boxing gym, get battered in sparring. <laughs> uh, I'm dead out of shape. And then I just, you know, and then I leave and go, well, that wasn't for me, was it? Yeah. So, so yeah, I do like, I, I really like the idea as well that you can turn up and, you know, no one's going to be sort of judging you. You know, you're in it to get fit, to, to have a bit of fun, to enjoy yourself and to, you know, to achieve a goal. And, and it is good. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot easier as well, isn't it, mate, to sort of, you know, achieve these type of things as a group rather than as an individual. I mean, I, again, I know this speaking from experience. Uh, I'm paying uh, a gym in town every week or whatever, and I'm never there. And one of the reasons I'm never there is because I'd be there on my Todd. Um, but, you know, this is something that you can get into, you can enjoy, you can have a laugh, and at the same time, you're achieving a goal, aren't you? Definitely so, definitely so. I mean, you've got it absolutely right, Robbo, is that fact is you are there as part of a team. Your pairs, 11 men that are going to be there every single week and you want to be there to be there for your team. You want to make sure that you're all losing weight together, but also you want to win the thing at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. And you know that if you are not going to be there for work commitments or what have you, but you still know you're going to be losing the weight, then you know that you're still providing some kind of reassurance for the rest of the lads. You don't want to be the one that lets the other side down, you know, so. And the fact that it's, it seems as if it would be fun. Like there's that Definitely. little bit of that competitiveness, but also the fact that you're actually playing football at the end of the day, rather than, you know, sitting in a gym on a spin bike. Yeah. Oh, spinning's all right, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know, not for me, John. Do, but, do, um, do, do you play absolute tunes at spinning? Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, look, I'm into tunes, John, but I'm not into spinning. <laughs> um, so well, the fact, the very fact that you're playing football with like-minded people, you've all got the same goal and there's that little bit of competitiveness. I'm, I'd imagine that'll, um, you know, that'll, that'll work in everyone's well, how does it how's it work? I mean, you know, you said there that you've you've, you've lost a, a big figure there, and, and was it about five stone, four stone, uh, four stone, five stone? Almost. I mean, that that that's that's fantastic because I again speaking from experience, and I know how hard it is to shift weight. Like, and I just wonder, you know, so you've obviously got into it, you're loving it, you, you're getting involved, but so what? All of a sudden, I guess are you are you then looking at 
everything about your lifestyle. You're not just knocking a footy around, are you? All of a sudden, now you're thinking about your diet and what you're eating and when you're eating it and all that sort of thing. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, it's... To to, to lose that amount of weight, I mean, that's... that. It's not one five-a-side game. No, it's proper dedication. No, of course not. No, I mean, the five-a-side football is more or less secondary to the actual thing itself, really. You're there to think, well, to be honest, I've put a few pounds on. I think we've all have at some stage in our lives, you know. And the thing is, with this, is you're here to think, okay... How can I lose this weight? The exercise is all well and good, but if you don't look after your diet, then it's going to be absolutely nothing. And for me personally, the one, first thing I cut out was bread. And you think how yeah. much bread is all over the show. I mean, you go downstairs, oh. you know, Mate, it's I, absolutely I, everywhere. Our office. I'm, I, think I, I think I ate a full loaf of tiger bread yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it was <Heathen>. like. Great <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But I mean, you know, I guess as well when you've got the like-minded people in one place as well, you know, you can you can talk to each other, can't oh, you? Yeah. So, you know, someone will join up and they'll say, well, go ahead then, mate. Well, how did you how did you lose that? What are you eating? You know, what have you achieved what you're achieving? I mean, so is there that aspect to it? Are you literally sort of support? Are you saying, listen, lads, you know, if you if you want to shift a bit, jib the bread. You know, are you, are you offering tips? Are you giving oh, yeah. diet plans? Of course, like, yeah. It, it really is a case of everyone's on the WhatsApp group. Everyone's oh, okay. there trading tips going, okay, lads, I've got this in my fridge. What can I make with this tonight? Or um, the missus wants to go out. What can I eat healthily from this restaurant? So you'd all, they're colluding together and you want to make sure that everyone is doing the bit, you know, and if you can be there for the other lads, then you know full well that your team will do well when it comes to, for me anyway, it's Monday nights. So you've always got to think to yourself, well, okay, Friday night, you might be able to have a little bit, but certainly uh, Friday and Saturday, you think, uh, sorry, Saturday and Sunday, you'd think, okay, I've got to really make sure that I'm not going to be tipping the scales too much because if you're overweight um, by, say, a pound, then you're letting the lads down. You don't want to feel like Mm. you are basically you know, sinking a few beers for the footy. And that's where I think most of my team and a team are called 17 Stone Roses. I'm, sorry, I'm just laughing, thinking like when I misplace a pasta, Steve <laughs> Grave absolutely murders me. Probably, like, so imagine, imagine like being two goals down because I've been in the, on the pie. <laughs> <laughs> like it would work like massively. Mm. Like, sorry, I, 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 just, no, no. I, just, I just started thinking about Steve Graves pulling me to the one side. But the thing is, so hum- that's the, the humour really does drive through at times. Yeah. You know, you do find that when you're there, then everyone wants to do the same thing. But it's a real like you know, team effort. You always want to be there. I mean, for me, um, I was the captain of a team in Manchester. You know, I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah. And I didn't really put that card down on the table straight away and made sure I kept that close to my chest. But uh, I made sure I wanted to, be, to give me like, some kind of Manchester kind of theme. So I made our team called 17 Stone Roses. Very good. So, you know, there's loads of real sarcastic kind of team names. There's like, brushing, munching, flapjack. There's uh, <laughs> Rapid Vianessa from Stoke. Uh, Burley Athletic. Uh, the best one, though, is the one that I've seen in Portsmouth this week, which is called Patrick Burger and Chips. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, is the, the the main reason why I wanted to get in contact with you all is because we are trying to find um, more players for the Liverpool League who are starting soon. You know, we only need five more people to get it going, and that's 20 minimums uh, for a minimum to start the league off. And then from there, what we then try and do is get in touch with the you know with the local footballing uh, clubs, the community trusts, or any kind of public health um, teams that will be able to kind of you know support us to try and get a team going, you know, to try and get the actual league yeah. in round there. I mean, for me, um, I would definitely definitely advocate it. I mean, five people in Liverpool, ten in Chester. You know, there's there's 26 leagues all over the country, so yeah. you might not necessarily listen to this in Liverpool now. 
subscribe or listen to on the podcast, but there is certainly a league around there that you can join up with. And if you're a man who've been in my boat, you're overweight, you want to start playing footy again, but you don't want to be run around by a load of 21 year olds who never had a drink in their lives, never seen a girl before. You just but want enough to... about Craig. <laughs> that's why I was looking at me. That's what I was looking at. <laughs> so if you're in that kind of position where you just think to yourself, right, I want to drop a bit of timber, then I just think if you want to go for it, have a look at the website, see if it's something for you. Uh, if you want to look at it, uh, the website is manvfat.com slash football. Or you can look at manvfatfootball.org. All the information is on there. All you need to do is stick your height and your weight in there. It'll tell you what your BMI is. And to be honest, if you're looking at yourself thinking, well, I know I'm at least a couple of stone overweight, you're more likely to be over the BMI anyway. Yeah. And for me, I just think it's an absolute no-brainer. You get to play football. You get to have, around, uh, have a good laugh with the lads. And it's, it's good exercise at the end of the day, and it's good for your well-being you know I've never felt as good as I have now I've not weighed this weight since I've been like 18 19 and it's just one of those things I want to rave about it you know I've been on the telly about it on BBC breakfast this week you know that was me parading around the place you know lifting a cup and what have you having Dan Walker say what a great goal that was I didn't score it but uh, (laughs) you know I'm not taking credit for that but I'm it's one of those leagues that I just think it's worthwhile you getting involved with do you not worry, though, that if you lose a bit more, they'll kick you out? No. Because you're going to be one of these lads winning rings. Well, that's the thing, is if you do get to your target weights and you do get to BMI 25 and below, we celebrate it. We want to make sure that that is essentially the reason why everyone wants to come. Yeah. And you can be there to be there for the rest of the lads. You might not necessarily get the weight loss goals each week, but if you're still knocking in three or four a game, then it's still going to count on the scores at the end of the day. Or for my example, I was a keeper. I was the keeper in the first season and now I'm the second season because I can actually run around for more than two minutes. I'm actually running around being the terrier. I want to be the mascherano of our side. What kind of uh, what kind of age differences have you got going on? You know, Have you got younger lads, older lads? Um, well, the minimum age requirement is 18, but I've had, had lots up to about 50 years old. And really, there is no kind of age discrepancy. We're all in the same boat. Footballing skills, you know, may differ from person to person. You do find that you'll get like a, a totty, you know, that might be a, a little bit overweight. He might be 20 stone, but he's got a good touch. Mm. And you then fully appreciate how far some people may have come to come back to being, you know, underweight again and to feel like you want to be part of it. So... It's not necessarily a case of you are uh, there to lose weight, you're there to be as part of the team. And if you've got someone who's got an, a neat little touch on him, then you're obviously going to use him more and more. Fascinating hearing about that. I think I'll sign up, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I quite like the idea. Um, just give us that website again before we finish where people can sign up. Sure, yeah. So the website, if you want to look at it, is manvfatfootball.org or manvfat.com forward slash football. And if you've got any email inquiries, football at manvfat.com. Huge thanks to Joe Mott there. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We'll be back after seven o'clock with an in-depth look at Liverpool squad. Back with the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. And we're going to talk about the current squad at the moment and what we think about it. But just before we do, I'm very conscious the part two was very male-focused. So I just want to give a shout-out to the This Girl Can campaign, which people would have seen nationally. But locally, This Girl Can Liverpool uh, are doing a fantastic give-it-a-go month in Liverpool this month. Uh, it is what it sounds like. There's a hundreds and hundreds of sessions all across their fitness centres in Liverpool that you can try for free in the month of July if you are a girl. So it's encouraging women to get more active. If that's of interest to you, 
you or you think anyone you know, do go to thisgirlcanliverpool.co.uk. That's thisgirlcanliverpool.co.uk. Click on Give It A Go Month and just try something uh, for all the reasons kind of we said in part two and have fun. Okay, the current squad, uh, Robbo, we all want new players. We all want new signings. But I'm interested in having a little bit of a look of uh, what we've got and what we feel sorted in terms of positions and, and what seems to be a little bit up for grabs because Klopp seems to me like a man based on evidence and based on kind of what we know about him and also last season who's who seems open to someone staking a claim this summer so yeah. there's a lot of preseason games we've seen them all everyone's going to get a chance to sign and you know you saw someone like Ajaria last year come from nowhere and suddenly be seen as a first team player and, and he has got that kind of attitude Klopp he doesn't seem like he's he's got a hierarchy in his head no, not at all. I think I think he likes to reward progress. I think he likes to show that there's a genuine pathway through to the first team for everyone who's at the club and, you know, go all the way back to when he was bringing everyone who was on loan back to the club to have a proper look at them. Feels like his message all along is, you know, you'll get a go. You'll get your chance. I'll watch what you can do and then I'll make a decision. And I think that's going to be the same again this summer. And in terms of, you know, players you could make a breakthrough and maybe, you know, look, looking to get a lot more game time come next season... I think Trent still jumps out for me. Uh, I thought he did really well last season. Um, you know, we talked in in an earlier part on the show about role models and being a role model to you know younger kids and stuff. I think I think Trent is one of them. I mean, you just look at the the, the condition he's in. You look at who he's competing with and able to compete with at, at such a young age. I mean, um, he's just you know he looks a Premier League player already. I, I think he could go elsewhere and, and be in the first team and, and, and be fine. Um, obviously, you know, competition's harder at Liverpool and, you know, he's he's been coached to be a right-back now after originally being a midfielder and he's got he's basically got an England right-back in front of him. But I think I think he'll be running Klein quite close at times in the in this current season and I think he'll get his opportunity as well with, you know, with the European games as well. So he, he's, he's one I think he'll, he'll have the bit between his teeth this summer be thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll show Klopp what I can do. And I think, you know, there was criticism of Klein last season as well, wasn't he? And I'm, I'm sure he'll be aware of that, mainly around what he was doing in the final third. And I, I'm, I think possibly Trent could have a bit more in the final third. Yeah. You know, he's he, he's a good finisher. He's got a free kick in his locker. He can take people on. He's He's, he's got pace. He's got strength. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing, you know, Trent challenge Nathaniel Klein. And, and hopefully it, it then brings something else out of Nathaniel Klein and he goes up a level. That's how it all works, isn't it? Yeah, that's the kind of beauty of competition. Uh, I'm just looking at the some of the players coming back, James, because I think we forget about that sometimes. I mean, there's a few forgotten ones that I want to bring up too, but we're coming back from loan, there's John Flanagan who says he's rare. Oh. There's, uh, there's, there's Markovic who I've seen looking quite sleek. And God, have we still year. got him? Yeah, are we yeah, still, still there, there. Uh, Goodness me. Daddy Ward's had a brilliant year at Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. And then there's Ryan Kent as well, who, who's, who apparently they want to have a look at as well. And, and, you know, some of those loans worked out for people, some of them didn't. But I was wondering if there's kind of any of those who you feel like might be kind of looking at it. Think, well, oh, there's a place for me. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I've sort of written a few notes down and all all, all my notes are defence-based, to yeah. be honest. Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy with, 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 with going forward, but certainly I think I think all all of the back four places, unless, uh, you know, our, our first choice centre-back pairing of fit are up for grabs, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, certainly left-back and right-back, um, but I'd love to see John Flanagan back in a red shirt. That would make me really happy. I've always had a huge amount of <laughs> a huge amount of average. I mean, it's the goal against Spurs for me. That's 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 the John Flanagan moment. But um, yeah, I'd absolutely I'd have him back straight away. 
I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be around. The, the he's a fan favorite. <laughs> I mean, he is a fan favorite, and and wait and see. I mean, I think it's a big speak summer for Flannel, and we'll see kind of how fit he looks. Yeah. I mentioned I mentioned Danny Ward there, Craig, and I think the, the goalkeeping situation is kind of worth a bit of a chat on its own because. Danny Ward, the easiest thing in the world to do would have kept him at Huddersfield. They've been promoted. Have a look at him in the Premier League. You know, states. You know, you couldn't play against us, so that'd be brilliant. He'd have to play some, um, you know, reserve <laughs> goalie. So a bit of a bit of an advantage there, and it would have been the next test for him. And then that could have been really where he's judged. Instead, they've brought him back. It doesn't seem to me like they've given up on Carriers completely. And Miguel's had a great end to the season, so. I guess what I'm saying is we'd expect Mar- um, Mingley, sorry, to I was going to say Markovic there. That'd be a turn up. Um, we'd, we'd expect we'd expect Mingley to start in goal for Liverpool, but I mean it does feel a little bit up for grabs that goalkeeper position, doesn't it? I think so, especially with the fact that we've got Europe, um, whether it's Champions League, it, sh- it will be Champions League, hopefully. Um, and I think the way Klopp will approach that is he might have two goalkeepers, so one for the cups, um, one for the league, and so. You, you, that's what that's going to be about eight 13 games before christmas in just the cups alone um so it's a good chance for someone i think the very fact that he's brought danny ward back and he hasn't done the easy thing and sends him back and send in sending him back to huddersfield says a lot about what he thinks of danny ward um so it'll be really interesting to see who who is that second goalkeeper because you know we've we've Mignolet's been much maligned at times, but if you look at his performance over the last six months of the season, I don't think anyone could argue in saying that um, they, they'd like Karius or Danny Ward to start from the start in the league. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting. It's one of the most interesting aspects of our pre, uh, pre-season because I think some of the pre-season games will, will tell you a lot in that um, whether Mignolet or whether it's um, Danny Ward that gets most of the games compared to Karius. Yeah, kind of up for grabs there. I'll- on the younger players, Gareth, if you mentioned Trent Alexander-Arnold, I've written down here as well, Harry Wilson, uh, Ben Woodburn, Ajaria and Ojo. Um, I mean, I'm, you, can, you can talk about whoever you like, but I think it's an interesting pre-season for Shea Ojo because he looked sharp last summer in, uh, out in America and then he got the injury and, and his... And his season didn't really work out for him. It was kind of it turned into a bit of a lost year, really. I thought he looked great at that World Cup that they mm. won. And, you know, he'll be looking at this summer as, as, as a time to kind of stake his claim, really, because even with Salah coming back, we're still maybe a little bit short of pace up top. And, and he might be thinking, well, you know, give me a go, boss. I'll show you what I can do. Well, and he might be looking at what Klopp says about Salah and about why he signed him. And the first thing, you know, Klopp said was we, we, we identified pace as being an issue in the squad. We wanted more and we went out and got... Got this fella, so you know he'll be looking at that and, th- and and thinking, well, you know, a couple of injuries there, and there's a possible opportunity for me. I mean, it felt like he was really close not so long back, and then, like you say, he had the injury setback, and then you know he he was playing under twenty three football again, and not really ripping it up. I mean, I remember watching a couple of matches where he was in and out the game, and I, and I think that I think there was some criticism of him within the club. You know, just sort of, you know, you've got talent here, and you yeah. need to be making more of it. And I think I think that's that that's the question for him really that he's got an answer. I mean, he's got to really work hard and wait for his opportunity, and when he gets it, take it. And again, like I said before about Trent, you know, you you think with the fixture list that's going to be there next season that you know the young lads will get an opportunity, probably a, you know League Cup, FA Cup, that sort of thing. But when they get that chance, they've got to shine. You know, you look at someone like Joe Gomez, who I, I think um, we all thought could come back and maybe do a job, and someone Klopp might like and all that sort of thing. 
And then, he, you know, we had to shock her in the FA Cup. Yeah. And then that was it. He was he was gone again, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's not he's not around the same conversation. And this is the job of a manager, isn't it? You know, you're managing all these different levels of the club. You know, you've got an under-18s boss and an under-23s boss and they're saying, you know, have a look at this lad, have a look at this lad. At the same time, you've got to win all these competitions, do well in the league, think about your squad, think about transfers. And so, you know, someone like that might only get one or two little goals. You've got to, t- and you've got to take that chance. You've got to shine. And and so if Ojo shines, he's, he's got it in his locker. He could, yeah, he could well, he could well, you know, ease his way into the, into the squad and be in and around the bench a lot more. I've grouped uh, Harry Wilson and Ryan Kent together a little bit in my head, Craig, because for those two players, it seems to me that actually where they play their football next season, it is very much up for grabs for them. So, I think for Wilson and Kent, I think they could potentially have really good pre-seasons and be considered for the first team or it could not quite work out for them and they're, they're suddenly back in the 23s or, or even end up leaving the club in terms of either on loan or permanently. So for, I think for both Wilson and Kent, they're at an interesting stage of the career now where they've shown promise, but you've you've really got to show, OK, well, you know, the next level, or are you someone I can rely on at the top level? Well, I think for Kent especially, if I was if I was Ryan Kent, I'd be I'd be itching to get back in the preseason. He had a really good season on loan last season, um, and I think if you look back at last year's preseason, the likes of Ajaria um, almost come out of nowhere in yeah. terms of um, you know being talked about amongst the first team squad. So um, they'll know they'll know that Klopp has this um, this confidence, this supreme confidence in the young players that he we have coming through and you heard James Milner talk about them on, on our um, on our interview with them as well about um, how highly regarded the young players are within the first team squad like yeah. the first team players see them that way so there's going to be a lot of competition in that little pool of youngsters um, but if I was them I, I'd, be, I'd be looking back at last season because Klopp has you know Klopp will have no problem in throwing them in and giving them a chance if they perform I've, my next section is wild cards James I've gone for Joe Gomez Marco Grujic and Danny Ings as kind of a few guys who, um, a few guys have become a bit, a bit forgotten, really. So I was just wondering if, um, if you had any thoughts on any of those. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the latest is with with Danny Ings. Do we? What's where? where where's he up to? Do we know in his kind of he's, comeback? He's running. Trail? He's not quite. Uh, kick, I think he's kicking a ball, but not yeah. not with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's reassuring. I mean, he's got. From, I mean, from interviews and, and, and things I've seen with him, and he's got he's got a fantastic attitude. Danny Ings, he seems like someone you know. He, he's 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 very very motivated and very dedicated, and uh, he's a, he seems he seems like a proper professional man, and he's got boss tattoos. But <laughs> he's you know he's someone that I think will definitely be knocking at the door as soon as he like you say as soon as he can kick a ball at someone and receive a pass. <laughs> You'd hope so. I mean, Greenwich yeah. is an interesting one as well. Yeah, Gareth, because. I mean, he played great against Barcelona in that in that mm. kind of preseason game last year. He looks well built for Klopp. He looks like a, a kind of decent footballer. It's just, it was just you know a complete write off for him last season. But you know maybe he can throw himself back in, or do you think there's just too many midfielders in between him and the first team? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to throw. It's a tough place to to throw someone in, isn't it? When when it seems that maybe he's not fully settled and that sort of thing. I think he got it. He got to go at Derby as well, didn't he? In the cup and. Um, and did okay. I remember us coming out of that game and saying, you know, he's done okay there. And, you know, he's got physically, he can certainly, you know, he's got the build to be able to cope with the, with the Premier League. I think the only thing about him was that he looked a bit raw in terms of sort of decision-making and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's 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 vital, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if you're throwing him in, and, and, like if you're giving him 20 minutes at the end of a game or something and he could end up costing you a goal and you, essentially you don't trust him, then he's got to build that trust, really. 
But I mean, they must have saw something in the first place, obviously, to, to invest what they did in him. But he is a strange one, yeah. I mean, he didn't get mentioned for months on yeah. end. So he'll be another one, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, when they kick off next Wednesday against San Miro, is at Prenton. Brenton Park. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be open to be involved and be, you know, get that opportunity to show the manager what he can do again. And Joe Gomez, the last one there. Um, Craig, he's he's in he's in a funny position in that he it's it's a, it's a position you need experience for. He hasn't quite got that. You wonder whether they're thinking about sending him out on loan, but yeah, I guess he's got a few games like they all have to to prove to himself that he's got a place in Jurgen's squad next season. Feel a little bit sorry for Joe Gomez because when he came through, um, he obviously starts the season at left back and he, he excelled. And you know, we were all talking about, we were all very excited about Joe Gomez and the prospect of him. And obviously, he gets injured, um, and you almost felt at the time that him playing left or right back would act as a gateway almost into the first team, get him some experience, and then he would eventually move into centre back. And with the injuries, that's not really happened for him. And I think at this stage going out on loan would be the best bet we're obviously looking for an, another centre back we will have loads of games but you know after since he's come back and his performances in the cup can we really trust him I think I think a season out on loan at a high you know a high um, a, a championship championship club at the top of the championship fighting for promotion I think would be the best bet for him Okay, uh, I'm not going to talk about strikers because we're recording a show straight after this for Tall Player, uh, which is our subscription service, which is five pounds a month, and I'm doing that. And I've had a look at Rob's agenda, and he's put uh, strikers on there, so he's and he's stood behind me, so he's going to smack me over the head if I uh, if I kind of uh, trample all over him. But do listen um, to our subscription service if you, if you do like the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. But what I am going to talk about is the defensive midfield situation, Gareth uh, Emery Chan and Henderson. What I'd first say is, and I said I wasn't going to talk about transfers, but sort of if we go into next season with Emery Chan and Henderson as as the number six options we'll call it would you would you be happy with that would you be would you be settled in terms of in terms of what they can do uh, and how, how fit they're likely to be or would you like another I think I think I'd like another now that we've it's been put in front of us so much with 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 Kaita. um Henderson's, you know, got recurring problems with his fitness, hasn't he? And you know, that's a worry. Obviously, you need him on the pitch more than more than off, more than not. Uh, Emery Chan, I think, I think Emery Chan's sort of gone back up in everyone's estimations, yeah. hasn't he? I mean, there was a there was a time where people weren't sure about him getting a, a contract. I'm not and saying they weren't bothered if he left and all this sort of stuff. Now all the conversations seem to be panic around why he hasn't signed that deal and. Why we're we not getting them tied down? I mean, and you know, an absolute whale day against Watford helps that kind of thing, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does feel like we need one more there. And I mean, it, it's felt like that for a while. And you know, we've been linked with players continually in that position now for it seems like over twelve months. And so it's clear the manager, you know, does want does want another body there as well. I mean, if you look at Kaiter, I was thinking about this before. Actually, I mean, I, I like Henderson. I was back Henderson. I was big him up, and I think Liverpool perform better when he's in the side. When you when I'm looking at Kaiser's figures, he seems to do everything Henderson does, but then score a few goals as well. And you, and I think that's the one, you know, the one th- thing you'd hold against Henderson a little bit. I think where you would say, you know, even from that position, you know, pop up, pop up now and again with the odd one. And I know he scored the belt at Chelsea, but it just feels like he's got he's got more in his locker. I think he needs to back himself a little bit on that. 
But yeah, I, I'd expect us to get another one. But I mean, they're both, even if we do get another one, they're both remaining in the conversation, aren't they? And, yeah. it, and, the, and the key thing is what we said before. It's all about having competition of, of, for places and also having a squad for when you get in the inevitable injuries and try and guard against what, what looked like fatigue problems around December, January last last season. Henderson James is someone who Liverpool fans are going to be watching very closely this summer because he had these mystery illnesses or illnesses, sorry, injuries last last season where we kept being told he'd be back for two weeks, then it was another two weeks, and then next thing you know it was two months and we hadn't seen him. And you know the the kind of the story starts and, and people just start kind of trying to fill in the gaps mm. basically and fill in the silence that was coming from Liverpool Football Club. I think he he he's talking a good game. He's he's saying he's he's looking forward to getting back. He knows he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a little bit of time without Emre Chan, so he can kind of make that position his own really because Emre's going to be coming back late because of his time with Germany. And I imagine there'll be a lot of Liverpool fans at these preseason games just watching Henderson very closely. More kind of how he's moving, really. How comfortable does he look in his body? Is that heel kind of you know giving him any trouble? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll 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 be watching him very very closely. Um, it's 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 difficult because, you know, Jurgen Klopp really really trusts him and 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 really rates him. You know, he's the captain. He's he's the he's the main man. Um, but it's difficult because I I I still know a lot of Liverpool fans that don't rate him. Yeah. Even now, I, I hear it. You know, all the time. Oh, you know, oh Henderson's coming back. Oh God, you know, you're joking, aren't you? Yeah. Like you do, like you do realize he's the, he's the captain of Liverpool Football Club. Like he yeah. can't be that bad. And like, <laughs> well, know, and England, and England, officially, yeah, officially, yeah. You know, it's not a mistake. You know, <laughs> we haven't. You know, you missed the meeting and we decided Jordan was brilliant. No, he he actually is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he. You know, you're, you're captain of Liverpool. You're going to come under more scrutiny than anybody else, especially when you've been out for the best part. Of what? How long was he out for? Nine, nine, oh, I don't know seven, eight. It's yeah. a long time, forever. Man. For yeah, for <laughs> a long, long time. Um, so yeah, you know he's going to come under more scrutiny. Um, but I mean, for me, he he, if when he's fit and healthy, he's 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 the best in that position for me. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Just got a message off uh, Sam Walker down. Uh, Grujic is in Tesco right now with his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> but it's the Madden Avenue one. All, 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 all the European footballers go there. They absolutely love. It. I saw John Matip in there once. Tesco, Tesco footballer fans. Um, <laughs> and Chan. Um, Craig, yes. Um, oh, sorry, that's funny. nice hair. Yeah, lovely, <laughs> lovely hair. He's, <laughs> Beautiful. He, he, he hasn't signed a new deal yet, as we all know. He had a really good summer. Germany won a tournament. He played pretty well from 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 the games I saw. wasn't wasn't an automatic starter, but very much kind of a first team player. It seems to be to Germany, and Germany seemed to be the best team in the world. So he must be quite good at football. Um, We've talked a lot on again on the gutter shows on tour player about about the need to tie him down. I wonder whether Emre is going to be thinking about looking for clues himself because we're talking about looking for clues from from footballers but is he going to be is he going to be looking at it thinking okay I'll see what Jürgen Klopp does with me this summer he's going to have a few more weeks off but when I come back you know is it going to look like I'm in the first choice midfield or is it am I going to be playing against you know the, the stiffs am I going to be the lad going up to Morgan with the kids you know what I mean or, or, or those Liverpool 11s he's going to be looking at his place isn't he when, uh, when these contract negotiations are in place Definitely, because um, you know, like I said, Jordan Henderson's Liverpool's captain. You'd imagine if he's fit, if he's fit to play, that he'll play in that number six position. Thing with Emery Chan is, his stock is uh, continuing to grow. Like if you, if you're a fan of German football, or you're a, a, if you're, if you're a German national team fan, and you're looking at Emery Chan, you're wondering why Liverpool wouldn't want to tie him down immediately. Um, I think. If you're Emre Chan, you're looking at it, you're seeing that Liverpool are bidding for Kaita, you're seeing Jordan Henderson's coming back. 
Um, and yeah, there's just that little bit of worry, that little bit of doubt that he won't be starting in the, there'll be plenty of games this season. That's the only thing that I would say to him. And, and, and Chan didn't, he, he came back late last season from the Euros. He, he took a little bit of time to get back into it. He wasn't starting all, uh, all the time. It was sort of between him and, and Wijnaldum vying for that spot. Um, but you know, the last three or four months of the season, his, his performances spoke for themselves. And that's the, that's the reason why there, there are no doubts. Uh, in this, uh, in the Liverpool fan base, as to whether we should be sign, uh, you know, signing them up almost immediately. Okay, I'd like to ask all of you for sort of a player who you think will, will, will impress in these preseason games. So uh, it could be a young player, or it could be any of the ones we've talked about, or just someone completely random. But one who we're going to be saying in a month's time, bloody hell, they look good. Um, I mean, you know, I'm just asking you to all guess something uh, about the future, if I'm honest. But you know, we'll have a go. It's Friday night, uh, Gareth. Sticking with Trent, mate. He's going to be flying this season. Watch him go. He's going to um, he's going to be belting forward from from right back position, slotting things in the top corner. He's going to be going past people, and everyone's going to go. You got to get this lad in the side. That's sounds, what's going to happen. Sounds exciting. Who are you going for, James? Kaita. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh God, someone had to. Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see someone I haven't seen playing a Liverpool kit before. That's what I really want to see. I want to see the new any anyone anyone we buy between now and preseason. Yeah, it's going to be your new favourite player, uh, Craig. I think Grouch. He saw what he could do last um, preseason. Uh, he obviously had a few niggling injuries here and there throughout the season and missed quite a bit of it, and we all sort of forgot about him. So. Um, he looked good playing for the under-23s uh, towards the end of the season, so I wouldn't put it past him to um, you know, to be showing us why he should be um, in and around the first-team squad next season. I will see. I'm a little bit... <laughs> there's a picture of him uh, in Tesco there. I'm a little bit That's worried... I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried the pre-season is Gruyich's pace, but, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of see on that. That was a little bit mean as well. Um Okay. potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just before we go, uh, Liverpool's preseason starts on Wednesday at Chamberlain. It's twenty pounds for adults if you want to go in, or I think seven eight quid for juniors. If you want to win some tickets, we've got a pair of tickets to give away. Two pairs actually to give away at the Anfield Wrap. You just need to go on our Twitter, find the tweets from uh, yesterday at five pm, and retweet it, and we'll be picking some winners at random early next week. Craig. Yep, early yeah. next week. Yeah. And we've also got. Uh, an away shirt, the brand new away shirt to give away as well, thanks to LFC Retail. So if you go to the Anfield Wrap website, I think you can do that now. Put in your yep. email address. Um, just need to put in your email address. Uh, no more than that. And we'll be picking a winner for that sometime next week. Yeah, as next well. Friday. Next Friday as well. I'm glad Craig's here. I knew we bought it for something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that has been the Anfield Wrap. Uh, do enjoy yourself if you get over to Tranmere on Wednesday night. There's Wigan next, uh, next Friday night as well. So by this time next week, we'll know a little bit more about the Reds and what they're looking for. But in the meantime huge thanks to Gareth Roberts to James Sutton and to Craig Hannan and that has been the Anfield Sports Social Podcast Network